The Frozen North, episode 42, our top five video game publishers. Welcome to episode number 42 of the Frozen North. We are a podcast and we are here to talk about story-focused video games, RPGs, adventures, you name it, we like it. My name is JJ and I'm here with my two friends, Mark. My name is Douglas Adams. Howdy, y'all. And Brian. And it's Matt still. I'm Matt, guys. Is that what Matt sounds like? Matt, well, Matt did my impression last time. He did admit to being a girl last time. Oh, I am Brian back. (laughs) Back. Brian is here. Um, I am male and not a girl, even though there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Just keep Poli- that pedaling. politically correct <laughs> this. Um, but I, I feel uh, like mistake. I um, feel like Newton's law affects gender as well. But I don't see which, what gender has to do with cookies. Things, which, which things in law? motion stay in motion unless acted upon by an well, Isaac force. Newton. Yeah. Oh, you meant like big Newtons. So. What you are, the state that you are, is what you want to remain. It's the physics thing. What? Huh? <laughs> Wait, Brian, whoa. Brian knows all about you're physics. You're saying that no. you're, you're, you felt that it was necessary to say that because you're a man, it's more likely that you will remain a man? No, it's more likely that I want to remain a man. You guys remember that part where I said we, we're here to talk about the story folks? Yeah, we really games. went <laughs> way off topic. I apologize. It's cool. My apologize. Yep. I forgive you. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So what? Uh, what have you guys been playing, Mark? I've been playing Dishonored: The Knife of Dunwall. It's a DLC for Dishonored. I had to play it because I saw a tweet about Dishonored Two coming out. Uh, I think 2015. It's fantastic, just as good as the original game. That's it. That's it. It's oh, it. That's it. Oh boy. Okay, I'm gonna make Mark look a little bad here. I apologize. Yeah, me too. Okay. My laundry list. Uh, played and beat Dragon Ball Z Ultimate, Ultimate Tenkaichi. Uh, playing. Uh, played and beat Deadpool. Beat Final Fantasy VI. Finally, saw the ending and the music, and it was uh, just beautiful. Teared up. Playing The Darkness on the Xbox. Also playing. Uh, JJ and I are geeking out on some Battle for Z co-op mode. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, Getting frustrated along the way. Yeah, it's frustrating, but also it's just such a. Ode to Dragon now Ball Now I'm fans. really mad. Oh, man. Uh, what else? Uh, playing Fez on the Vita. Um, playing the original Zelda on my uh, 3DS. Are you going to start a, a Zelda journey? I mean, I've technically I've been, on, the... I've been on that journey all my life, and I'm almost done with it. So, I mean, like, I just got to beat Skyward Sword, and I think a Zelda 1 and Skyward Sword would be the last, and then a couple of the uh, like Minish Cap and all that stuff. you start from the beginning again? No. And play through all of them? No, because I've played Like you are going times. to with Final Fantasy. Yeah, but I'm getting closer, huh? I, I just marked six off my list. What? Let's see. So he started his journey Hashtag on one episode. continuing the journey. One? On episode one, he started the journey. <laughs> We're episode 40, and he's three games in? Uh, uh, excuse me, this is Poindexter. I'd like to point out that we are actually on episode 42. You had Thank you. previously said 40. So you're right. It's been even longer. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Anyway, that's what I've been playing. Solid. Yeah, absolutely. 
I beat Tales of Vesperia finally. Uh, I also afterwards uh, decided to go for a lighter game, so I played <laughs> Child of Light. Ooh, nice. fun! Amazing, amazing! Can't recommend it enough. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, on like it's it's one of those games where, and I, I told this to you guys on on Facebook, but like, you know how when you're a kid and you hear a fairy tale for the first time, and you're like, oh man, that's so cool, like magic and blah blah. blah. As an adult, you play Child of Light and you get that same feeling after finishing it. Like it was, it was just awesome. It really was the art style, the direction, everything like that. The writing is 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 good. Um, the it's the rhyming is a little bit like, off. not that it's off. It's just a little like, get, what? All right, yes, that rhymes, but come on. So, <laughs> you know but, the, the the saying is, if it rhymes, it's true. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic game, though. I, I really, really cannot recommend it enough. And it's short. It, it took me uh, like eight or nine hours to beat. Um, I also, like Brian said, I've been playing uh, Battle for Z. And I started uh, playing Suikoden 2 again to kind of give myself a refresher. And, man, that such a great game. It really, really is. So, yep, that's it for me. I also played uh, a little bit of Train 2. Trine 2. Did you play a little bit of Tales of Vesperia? Yes. For like but 10 I have- minutes? Not had access to the TV. Why not? Because my fiance has been playing Zelda Majora's Mask. Oh, nice. Ooh. She's loving it, isn't she? I've been telling her that she needs Ooh. to write a uh, side quest to call JJ out for his yes. disapproval. Yes, Sh- Shanna, do it. Do it. It's a great game. I know it is. Ooh. And to call you out for your weird stages of grief metaphor. Uh, no, it's real. It's not his. It's, it's not like a, a common belief about it yeah. a lot of people think that it's a tinfoil well, hat theory it, a lot of people think that. go online on the internets and read it brian i got okay. you on this one i got you all right as always if you want to contact us uh and if you want to send a side quest like mark just suggested that his fiance do shanna you're you know you're more than welcome to do that but i'm going to tell you right now you're you're wrong um, wow <laughs> man i think she has to now honestly the game the game is good it's a solid game it's just the stupid three-day timer thing that i don't like that's it that's the only thing that is so off-putting i hate timers in games so i can agree with that i hate having to reset i i loved everything else about it i'm not I, i've never said it was a bad game i just hate this stupid timer that's all yeah so uh email us at frozen north podcast at gmail.com check out our website at fngaming.net facebook.com slash the frozen north we have a Twitter at FN Podcast. Our blog is frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. Please subscribe to and rate us on iTunes and just tell us what you think. Let us know if you like us. If you don't like us, we don't care. Just just one or the other. Give us some feedback. We appreciate it. But mainly say that you do like us. That would be pr- preferable. Yeah. Actually, we're still waiting on uh, Brian Hayden. Guys, mail. at this point, it's yeah. episode 42. Everybody loves me. We all know that. We everybody, haven't got, but we again we haven't gotten any Brian Love. Okay, everybody so. everybody just is tolerant of me. Okay. That's fine. I Matt hate that. mail would also be acceptable. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right. Nice. <laughs> so, Brian, what do you got for news? All right, guys. Um, some pretty decent-sized uh, news came out. Not in quantity, but in quality. How much did... How big was the news? It was like uh, the size of a small planet. <laughs> did you just like... Like bend into a Russian accent right a little there? bit. I don't know why. How big was the news? It was size of small planet. Small planet. Anyway, the speaking of size, uh, segue. Bungie is surprised by criticism of people playing the beta that it is in quotations too small. That what is too small? The game. This what was your game. You have big news. Oh, 
Bungie <laughs> criticism that Destiny there you go. is too small. When de- the Destiny beta went live last month, some fans immediately criticized uh, Bungie over the fact that every planet will only have one location to explore. So there are going to be multiple planets, but it's not going to be like, come to Earth, go visit different countries. It's literally going to be like, here's the spot you're going to explore. I mean, I can see their, I can see their argument that it does seem kind of like, why don't you just keep it on one planet and have multiple locations? But it's the same thing. And ex- uh, Bungie has come back and said, like, you know, I, that's weird to me because it's the biggest game I've ever made. So there's this big outcry right now that the game may actually be too small. And if you think about it, they might have some validity to that claim because I think this game's going to be wildly popular when it launches. So, you know, make it overcrowded. I don't know. I haven't played the beta. No, I don't so. think so. I think th- uh, there's got to be some sort of instancing going well, on. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure there's, so I'm sure there's no problem with that. But, but yeah, I was surprised to see that, that people were saying it was too small. You know, they touted it as being a very massive game. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see. Uh, next story. Uh, this one is actually my personal favorite story. There is a story-driven PC real-time strategy game, Ancient Space, that's been announced. Uh, it's voiced by some very well-known Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica actors. We'll get to that list here in a second. But uh, Hearts of Iron and Magica publisher Paradox Interactive announced Ancient Space, an upcoming story-driven real-time strategy game launching this fall on PC and Mac. Developed by Creative Forge Games, Ancient Space is a single-player game where you'll play as a commander of a space fleet. That's really cool that they're focusing on RTS primarily on uh, you know single-player. Um, I'm sure JJ, you played StarCraft, and I love the story in StarCraft. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, yeah. you know, imagine if Blizzard could put all of their time into just crafting a story for that game, and that's kind of what's this game's going to be about. It's literally a story-based RTS game. thought that was really, really cool. Some of the uh, actors uh, lending their voice uh, talents are John Billingsley of Star Trek Enterprise and also True Blood. Uh, we've got Aaron Douglas of Battlestar Galactica. Ron Glass from Firefly is going to be voicing. Uh, Richard Gunn from Dark Angel. Dina Meyer from Starship Troopers and Star Trek Nemesis and also the Saw movie. And then Dwight Schultz which is from Star Trek Next Generation and Star Trek Voyager, is also going to be voicing. Uh, there are more, but uh, those are kind of the bullet points. Uh, what do you guys think? It's interesting, huh? Oh, I've <laughs> I don't remember who they played in those shows. Uh, the ones I know, um, uh, Dina Meyer. She played. Uh, she was in Twenty Four, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. That was Nina Meyer's joke. That was, oh. was almost a joke. Wow! For all of you people who watch Twenty Four, I, I was like, "What are you talking about?" No, she played. Uh, uh, she, I think Mark. she played Diz in Starship Troopers, if I can remember correctly. I believe so. Yeah, but uh, anyway, pretty cool that they're going to do an RTS that's not actually an online-based uh, strategy game. It's going to actually be quite literally. JJ's shaking his head at me. Yeah, but I fully believe that there's one person listening who's going to get the joke <laughs> and not laugh. <laughs> They're probably going to shake their head at you, too. <laughs> oh, boy. If they do, then I've done my job. Okay, and then here's another bombshell. Uh, actually, my brother and I discussed this at uh, a bit of length um, about the bombshell that Tomb Raider is going to be an ex- is going to be a timed exclusive for uh, Xbox. I don't know, man. That just seems like a bummer. I don't know about you guys. Xbox paid the money. I know they did, but Kyle made a really good argument to me that people should never celebrate exclusivity. Because you're basically 
tra- detracting from other people enjoying that, you know, because maybe you know if you have a PS4. I agree. You're not going to be able to play it unless you buy an Xbox One. I know that's Microsoft's strategy, but man, I mean, the first I think uh, Sony does this too, but they will pay for a full exclusive that's they, never going to come to another console. They, what Sony does is they they buy it exclusively from development to end. What Xbox did was just swoop in during development of Tomb Raider and say, "Here, we're going to pay you a little money." There's a big difference between, and I'm not I'm not saying Sony hasn't done this right. in the past. I'm sure there's examples where they have. This is not a knock on Xbox. It's just a knock on the way things are done. Yeah. There's a big difference between taking a series that nobody knows anything about. Right, making it exclusive no. right off the bat and taking a series that was released on both platforms, started on one of yeah, them. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, that's and, a good point. And being like, uh, you know what, you guys, we realize you've been loyal to us just as much as these guys here, but you're going to have to wait. Exactly. It's and, like, and, what? And uh, the, the news is that though it's a timed exclusive, they really haven't announced it, it coming out for anything else. So it could very well be Xbox only. Yeah, that's how it always is with uh, all the Metal Gear Solid games, yeah. though. Yeah, well, that's in the past. true. Or they'll, they'll just be completely silent about it, but then it will eventually show up. On... But JJ brought up the same point Kyle did, is that it's a property that was already multi-plat. Yeah. And then no, they... I, I agree right. with, with that argument, yeah. that they're, it's not a new game. It's something that people are already fans of. Yeah. They've been playing through it. They're excited for the next one, and all of a sudden... Right. Uh, yeah, and I, I, this is not, again, not a knock on either side. And it's no. definitely not a knock, a knock on exclusives. I think huh. exclusives are great for systems, and you know it helps competition. But again, taking an existing franchise that was available on both systems, you're basically alienating, you know, half your fan base. Yeah, you're like, well, you can't enjoy it, but you know, you can't. I, I put mean, that it, more on Ubisoft than uh, Microsoft, though. It, Those are the ones who have gathered the fans and then sold their brand for that's money. True. But anyway, I mean, we'll see. Time will tell if uh, it will be released on other platforms, but. I just I thought that was kind of a bummer. Kyle brought up a lot of good points about it being like, hey, yeah. people that love that game can't play it now unless they buy an Xbox One, and he doesn't see people buying an Xbox One for it. So, but Microsoft shelled out the money, so good good ups to them. Good ups to them. Yep. Um, now here is something for you completionist here. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition will take 150 hours for a completionist playthrough. I believe it. Wow. During EA's press briefing this morning on this first day of on the first day of Gamescom, Bioware's Aaron Flynn shared some news, uh, some new details about Dragon Age Inquisition. One of the most common questions in RPG games is how long the quest will take you. Well, you might want to set aside some time for this fall's uh, Dragon Age title. Flynn says that the game includes one million words of dialogue that weaves a number of different stories that will impact the Inquisition's quest to save Thedas. Pretty damn cool. I thought you didn't like all that extra dialogue and stuff. I don't, and I will not be playing but it for it's pretty 150 cool. hours. Um, yeah. Wait. <laughs> Yeah. That argument we had off the air that the listeners don't know about. You know I was just about. doing that to, to get at you. Mm-hmm. While, while I'm interrupting, I'm going to interrupt again and say Ubisoft isn't the publisher of Tomb I was going to say. I didn't it's think Square so. Enix. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, and I did preface that, that. This is for completionists. If you're a completionist, this is going to get your... I don't think it's... I'm not going to play 150 hours of it. There's no way. Uh, I'm going to play... You know, I'll, I do... I'm the guy who... Uh, I'm the guy who does a little bit of the little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then beats the game. You know what I mean? Nope. Nope. Okay. Anyway, 150 hours approximately, obviously, for uh, a completionist playthrough. So, wow, yeah, that's a lot. That's uh, it's quite a lot of next gen awesomeness. 
And then now my favorite piece of news. Uh, this is actually a little bit older, so a lot of you have, have already uh, probably played through it. But uh, a few weeks ago, there was a game that popped up on PlayStation Network called PT, and people were that didn't say anything. They were wondering what it was. They started playing it. It's a loop interactive. They call it an interactive teaser. People did not know what it was until basically they got to the end when it showed a teaser of what is going to be the next-gen Silent Hill game. Uh, Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro are teaming up for a new Silent Hill game, and it is going to star my personal favorite character in Walking Dead, Daryl Norman Reedus. Is so, it really? I didn't know that. That's the character is at it, the end of the is game. Is it starring the character yeah, from it's Walking his, Dead? It's literally him in the game. He turns around. What? Yeah, he turns around, and it's Daryl. It's literally the actor, or yes. it's literally the character? It's literally the actor. Okay. Oh, the actor, Norman okay. Reedus. I said my, it's my, he's my favorite character in Walking Dead. His name's Norman me. Reedus. I think, yeah, I think Mark was... Yeah, Daryl's in the like, game. Daryl is in the Darryl, game. <laughs> Daryl walked through a dimensional time portal into Crossover. Silent Hill. I mean, I'd, I'd play it. His nightmare only got worse. <laughs> I would play it, too. <laughs> but um, I did watch a few of the like demos of PT, and it is terrifying yeah i played through most of it i should have said that when we said what we played uh but i didn't count because i wasn't really holding the controller because it's too scary but i watched <laughs> i watched a friend wow. Shanna, and Shanna, Shanna, Shanna play it, it? she played half yeah. of it i watched the playthrough <laughs> we almost got to the end but there's a few parts that are a little bit janky where you just don't understand what there's you're supposed to do very but, like weird puzzles in that yeah but it was terrifying I really well done. I, that. I think part of the terif- to the terrification of it <laughs> was the fact that <laughs> it was I mean it's gorgeous. Like Yes. It woo. It's I was aw- watching it on YouTube in 1080p and I was like this is whoa. I hate to say this because people always say this and they're always wrong, but it looked photorealistic. Correct. I think a lot of that was due to the lighting though, so maybe if it was yeah, well, fully I- well lit it wouldn't look as good. Right. It was woo. But I watched a couple of people play it and saw some reactions, and it was... I'm scared to look at the demo, to be honest with you. There's Everybody the, keeps telling me how terrifying it is, it is. Oh, man. You're just like, oh, okay. I don't want to go any further. <laughs> but uh, So that that is your news. Uh, JJ Editing will not like this part. <laughs> so have fun on that one. <laughs> Woo! We're good. Good, good We're news. Good. Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, next on the, on the docket here, we, uh, we hit 100... Twitter followers. That's right. So we got a contest going on. I think we got like 110 or something. We, yeah, something like that. 112? Well, maybe. Something it like might that. have gone down probably. Probably. Uh, <laughs> so basically th- this contest is going to be, all you have to do is you have to go to the to our Twitter page, respond to a comment that Mark's going to post on there. It'll. I mean, we'll make it generic, just like respond here for contest entry, blah, 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 whatever, something like that. You'll know. When you see it on there, so just just keep keep a close eye on our Twitter. The winner will basically be chosen at random from the people who entered, and that winner will then get to pick any game from any system that they choose. It's got to be forty dollars or less, and easily accessible, and the game has to have an end. What do you mean by that, JJ? What does that matter? What do you mean? That's you can't pick Sim City. Exactly. So basically what it's going to be is we are going to buy you a copy of that game. If it's one you already own and you want to do it for this, that that's fine too. That'll just save us some money. But if you want us to buy you a new game, you know, it's an easy way to get a, a new one. 
basically we're going to buy you a copy of that game and then we're all going to get it as well provided we don't already have it again it has to be easy to for us to access easy for us to get and it has to be you know something that's that's doable and playable yeah you can't and beatable. say you can't say you got to go shopping at pawn shops for a month to find it like that's we're not going to do that correct so then we will basically set a, a period of time it'll it'll be maybe a month or two weeks or whatever uh depending on the game and and how long it takes to beat when we look at average uh, playthrough times and that kind of stuff and if any of us does not we'll also review the game on the show eventually but if any of us does not complete that game in that allotted time they will be required to put on a dress have their picture taken and it will be on the front page of the website noise looking at you brian noise mark you're scared to death about mark this, is, oh of course i mark am is petrified <laughs> but the fear of shame will make me f- finish the game <laughs> So if you want a game and you want to see Mark in a dress, yeah, uh, whoa, <laughs> that's not going to happen. I, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't advertise it like that. I don't know too many people that want to see you in a dress. <laughs> so if you would like a game that's forty dollars or less on any system of your choice, uh, basically we would we would like you know get it off Amazon or something like that and mail it to you. Or if you want a Steam game, we could do that too. Just like I said, it has to be easy, easily accessible. But uh, we'll we'll work with you and we'll we'll talk to you and that kind of stuff. So all you have to do is just respond to that Twitter post that Mark puts up there. Look for it within the next week or so. And we'll be good to go. Oh yeah, cool. Uh, nope, no. Nope. I'm not cool with it. Well, you don't. Please have a pick a game I've already beaten. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, pick uh, pick Dishonored. Pick Saints Row. It's really fun. Yeah, it's got, yeah. Got fun aspects to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna be doing our top five here for in a few minutes. Uh, but first, we're gonna head over to Raul with a quick side quest. To many of us, that sound is all too familiar. That is me placing my copy of Final Fantasy VI into my Super Nintendo. It has been 20 years since the game was released. It was released in Japan on April 1994 and in the States on October 1994. Yesterday, I went through my SNES collection and found the cartridge with a single Mugo on it. Luckily, my Super was already connected to my HDTV. As many gamers from the 90s know, before you put any cartridge in your Super Nintendo, you have to do one of these. And so I did. I put the game into my Super, turned on the power, and it didn't work. This was my situation for about 10 minutes. Realizing that I needed to open it up and clean the pins, I did just that. After, I did one more of these, put the cartridge back into the Super Nintendo, and after a couple resets, the classic screen with the lightning clouds appeared. It reminded me of everything that I loved about this game. Whether it was the unique way the story is told from multiple perspectives, or the masterful soundtrack by Nobu Uematsu, what makes the story great is that the development team wanted no one character to be the protagonist. Rather, they wanted all of the characters to be protagonists and for each of the stories to be told episodically. Although the story can be cliche at times, it is a palpable one. There are scenes, such as the opera scene, which which hits players like a ton of bricks. The story was also not afraid to approach taboo topics, such as suicide and mass murder. Yet it also showed the player the importance of friendship, family, unity, and how when we lose those things, the world falls apart. Perhaps the emotion remember feeling the most in, the, in this game is anger. 
the cruel one carrying sociopath Kepka with his now infamous laugh, spurred in players the need to pass the game to once and for all cease his reign of terror. What stands out the most though about this game is that it is a 20 year old game. It is one year away from being able to legally drink in the states. It was not meant to be played on an HD TV as 16-bit graphics should never be amplified. Originally, I played the game on a standard mid-90s television with an RF adapter for those who remember the RF adapter. Time has not been too kind to the game, but overlooking its age, you can see its lasting impact. It is a testament of how far not only the Final Fantasy series has come, but also how much the gaming industry has evolved. If I have one disconcerting thought, it is that many new gamers will probably never play Final Fantasy VI. The newer generation has the amazing Final Fantasy XIV which I love and the upcoming Final Fantasy XV which I'm very very eager to play. If you have not played this game yet, you can download it on the Wii Virtual Console, the PSN, or buy it for the GBA. If you have the money and skills to replace old SNES batteries, you can also play it how it was meant to be played. A cool little piece of trivia, the game was being developed alongside of Chrono Trigger and if you have a keen eye and ear, you can catch multiple similarities between the two games. I leave you with this cool remix and for the Frozen North, I am Raul Cruz. And we're back. Another excellent segment. No joke. Not to be confused with We're Back, the dinosaur movie. I feel like (laughs) you just killed all the energy of that segment. (laughs) Yep. Nope. Absolutely. (laughs) Who's seen that movie? Thank you, Uh, Brandon. Actually, I have too. Is is it like a cartoon? No, it's a movie. It's the whole... The movie's named We're Back. So anyways, he has an excellent point, though, that... Younger generations are never going to play Final Fantasy uh, six. No, well, not never, but I mean, it's it's, it's unfortunate they yeah. won't get the same the same introduction to it that that we did. True, that's yeah. When it first came out, but I mean, I think if they're willing to give it a chance, like Brian did, they're they're in for a, a real treat. They still so. have access to the game, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't feel like they just uh, have to be willing to actually pull the trigger on it, though. Right. Exactly. I don't think a lot of it's on mobile platforms now. That's a broader audience. Well, let's not talk about that version. Mm, yeah. Let's just, that, let's just move on did from they, that. Didn't they do their own sprites for that version? Yeah, they, they don't did. look very good. It's it's just really bad. So they really they buggy. Frank, and they Frankensteined it. It's bad. Ah. Yeah. But if you like uh, what Raul said and how it was presented, which we certainly do, which is why we uh, you know asked him to keep doing side quests because he's doing a fantastic job with it, he actually has his own podcast that he does as well called super smart gaming if you they they've got a, f- a handful of episodes out now if you go to i think they're on podomatic and uh, itunes just do a search for search for uh, super smart gaming and you'll you'll find them right there if i'm kind of dumb and a gamer will i enjoy this podcast yes okay. it'll make you smarter because I- it'll make you smarter exactly okay. cool so they're also on youtube they have a youtube channel at super smart gaming and uh, like i said itunes podomatic we were on Podomatic a while ago. I think I put two episodes up on there, and then I realized they wanted to start charging us for more space, and I was like, mm, no, yeah. I'm good. 
So, yeah, definitely go give him a give him a check out. And I've been I've been listening to to his episodes, and they're they're good stuff. It's him and uh, a handful of his friends, and they they got some good insight. And I really like the way they present their stuff. Like what they do is like how we 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 just have our news sec- section go down the list, talk about each each one bit by bit. They actually talk like they'll bring up each news segment at the beginning of the show and say like, okay, so this is first, this is second, this is third, this is fourth, and then throughout the show they will bring it up one by one from what they've already announced, so you know what you're getting into as you're listening to it. And I thought that was a, nice. a really really cool way to present it. It's a very so. super smart way of presenting it. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is super smart. So definitely go check them out. Super smart gaming for sure. Okay, top five. We're doing our top five video game publishers this Woo! week. Yes. Brian, what's Publisher? Uh, Publisher is a company who develops the game. (laughs) Tell him what he does not win. A publisher is a company who is responsible for the distribution and advertising of a game. Basically, they publish the game, as their name would suggest. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I wish I had a camera for Mark's face at that. Just like, I, yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> exactly. Slow clap. There it is. Yes, publishers, I mean, developers, obviously, they're the ones that develop and put together the game. And publishers are the ones who are like, hey, well, give it to us. We will make sure people play it and buy it and, and spend more money on it. They're not mutually exclusive. There True. are many publisher developers out absolutely there. So. absolutely i would say more often than yeah. not there are well because they can control their own ip at that point correct so we have picked our top five individually and that's what we're going to talk about awesome who wants to start us off uh i will start us off yeah my number five is activision blizzard a little low boo a little, a little low. low i mean it's you know Honestly, not so much the Activision side. I'm, I, I like their stuff, Blizzard. but Blizzard. I mean, <laughs> come on, man! You can't, you can't tell me that they don't care about their fans. They don't go above and beyond for you know their 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 fan base and trying to make sure that these people enjoy the products that they have. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. And I'll talk about it later. But isn't it kind of funny that typically when you have a buyout or somebody buys you, you get absorbed. Uh, you're just under their label. But Blizzard was so. I don't know, creme de la creme, that they were like, we'll hyphenate. No, I mean, that shows That's class. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I think they are they're, they respect what Activision has done in the past, because Activision is not, like, a bad company by any no. means. They have, done, they have done some incredible things, but just, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about Blizzard, right. to be honest. They are just, it's freaking Blizzard, man. And it shows how powerful Blizzard is that Activision was like, yeah, yeah, attach your name to our name, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, please, please do. They know how to market. They know what they're. They know how to listen to their fans. Yeah. And you'll hear a lot of people complain, but the fact that they have so many fans, and you only see the ones that complain are the are you know that's that's proof that it's the internet. AKA it's working. Complainers. Exactly. So you know, Blizzard, absolutely, hands down, number five. Yeah. Mark solid. <laughs> uh, my number five is Sony. Lolo. What? Computer entertainment. Um, let me tell you why Sony's so good. Why, Mark? Because they published Dark Cloud. Anybody? I know JJ remembers Dark Cloud. I do. I know you don't, Brian. Uh, not familiar, but I do know that you told me it's like a Zelda game 
in which you can build your own town. Town, Correct. yeah, multiple towns. That's cool, and a really cool like weapon evolution system. But yeah, that's just one game. Uh, they I also know that really cool. Well, it's pretty cool, right? Yeah, but <laughs> if you lose your weapon, it breaks, and you lose it forever. Ooh. There's no way to like recoup that. A little risk makes the reward feel even better. Mm. Sony's I like the game. Sony's a really cool company because they they spend a lot of money cultivating a strong yes. first party lineup. Microsoft doesn't. I mean, they have a good lineup, but not nearly. They, they don't, don't spend nearly as much money and have nearly as many studios working. They don't. On stuff. Yeah, exactly. Sony will support their studios. Microsoft exactly. is purging their studios. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, they also make Infamous, Shadow of the Colossus, Ico, God of War, Jet Moto. That's a good one. Anybody? Anybody? Jet Moto? I, I mean, I know it. Yeah. I haven't played it. I think I played it for like five minutes once, but... Man. I don't see what them making these games has to do with They them. didn't make them, though. Sorry, they published. published. Them. Okay. published right. They published them. they also published journey yes planet side last of us and twisted metal uncharted and uncharted i haven't played it oh my god i played the first one i got really frustrated oh my god oh my god it was frustrating (gasps) so you're doing that's why they're a good that's why they're a good publisher because they because wait (laughs) because that's frustrating because they publish good games well, all right. Makes sense for number five. Good <laughs> okay. lord. Brian, what's your number five? My number five is the lovable, the incomparable Nintendo. You're always lagging behind. I always... <laughs> I think they made my list based on their past rogues gallery. They have not done much of late, which is unfortunate, which is probably why they've dropped so far on my list. But they have brought... Zelda franchise, Star Fox franchise, Mario franchise, Yoshi, Yoshi, okay? They have a a lot of very good IPs that they not only developed, but also published. So I have to give them a little bit of a nod, even though right now they are struggling greatly. I wouldn't say they're struggling. Well, the 3DS is kicking some butt, and I do love mine, uh, but... They're still bleeding money. Yes, exactly. They're they're hemorrhaging right now. They just need to go back to their roots. I think this is one of the the few examples of hey, just bring it on back to the chest and do what you do best. You know, don't try to be so innovative because it's not worked out very well for you in the past. So do what you've done before. Develop and publish some very good, maybe new IPs. Maybe bring back some of your old ones. Just. They're, they're, they're always going to be... bring back some of their old ones? I mm, I, I'm pretty sure they that's need a guarantee. To, uh, <laughs> they need to pull a Metroid Prime with their other franchises. Yes, uh, uh, reboot them. Just stop trying to innovate and just do what you do best. <laughs> uh, that's my, my message to Nintendo, and you'll rise on my list again. They almost fell off my I don't, list. I don't agree with you. I don't I agree with you. I think they should you. continue to innovate, no. but they should stop focusing on gimmicks. That, that's the problem. They don't know how to innovate, so until they learn how to innovate, they need to stop. They think that gimmicks and Our innovation. being innovative yeah. are one and the same. Yeah, that is a problem. Yep. Yeah. Brian, but, I like your number four. Yeah. Because it's also the same as my number Absolutely. four. Absolutely. What is our number four, Brian? Another hyphenated company. It is. Bandai Namco. 
Indeed. Actually, didn't they just change to Namco Bandai now? I thought they changed from Namco Bandai That's to right. Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco now. <laughs> they did this whole legal battle to where they flip-flop names. Oh, man. You know what's funny about this uh, developers? I, I have played a lot of their games, but some of their more famous games, aren't they responsible for the Tales series? Oh, yeah. I, I've That's never a big reason a, they're on my list. I've never played a single Tales game, and yet they're on my list. So uh, look for them to climb. Uh, but they have brought a lot of childhood memories uh dragon ball z for example all those games um uh, they did all kinds of gundam games back in the day anytime i see bandai namco or back then namco bandai i don't know about you but i always think this is gonna be a quality game or at least has a good chance to be a quality game or yeah, a game i, just I mean love. like i said the tail series is, is probably the number one reason they are on this list they they have continually brought that out and what they do with it i mean yeah my collector's edition of tales of zillia 2 is sitting right behind you yeah. I mean, how big is that box? It's. I wanted. To, remember when I came in? I wanted to lick, lick it with my tongue. Yes, you did. Yeah. It's massive. I mean, the things that they do, the extras. They. I mean, yeah, you have to pay for this stuff and everything like that. But the fact that they even do this extra stuff, you don't have to do that. But call me, you know, greedy. I like stuff. Yeah, I yeah, do. Who doesn't? And Bandai Namco loves to give out stuff. We live in a materialistic so, <laughs> world in a materialistic country. It's what's they have. They have bought my uh, number four spot America. on my list. Yeah. No, but I mean, I I think that they are a company that, uh, like you said, they they like Dragon Ball Z, perfect example. They go with what they know has worked in the past, right. and they stick with that towards the future. Tales Tales series, I know they, I mean, they developed it too. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example. They, if you play two Tales games, you'll be like, these are definitely Tales games, but they're different. They don't fix what ain't broke. Exactly. And I think I think as far as publishing goes, they're they're the same way. They treat their games the same way, right? And they really haven't changed much over the years, which they don't need to. And I know I'll probably get criticism because I know Dragon Ball Z games aren't a for everybody type of game, but I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan, and the games they publish within that franchise are always very like fan servicey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I appreciate them. Um, they're very samey though. As you say, they, they don't really change the formula that often, but that's that they, they work. So why? They just want a fun game, exactly. And if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, you're gonna have fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Battle of Z. Oh yeah, the game is terrible. It really is. I don't even know if Bandai Na- did Bandai Namco publish that one as well. I didn't um, actually check. I know they do all the Dimps ones, but I don't know about. Uh, I don't know to be honest. I'll have to look that look, up later. Yeah. But. Um, I mean, I'm just saying it's because it's DBZ. It's a crappy game. No one would like it it. if they didn't like DBZ games. But, man, JJ, you and I are just having so much fun playing it. We're just pushing one button the entire time, essentially. (laughs) And that's it. Why, 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 why? Yep. Yep. Why? That's so ridiculous. That's where the X button's supposed to go. Yeah. Freaking Xbox. All right, Mark, what's your number four? My number four is Bethesda Softworks. Hey, all right. Name, Um, Name all their IPs. Hold on. First, I want to say this was a bit, I was kind of torn on whether I wanted to put this on my list or not, because their parent company, ZeniMax, mm-hmm. I am not a fan of at all, especially the way they're going after Facebook and Oculus, trying yeah. to sue them for work that uh, John Carmack did, allegedly, on their on their time. However, Bethesda Softworks itself is a really good company, and I really appreciate that while they have all that ZeniMax money behind them and they could become like the next Ubisoft or EA, they are focusing on only acquiring a few studios and only publishing the very best games they can. 
That's so a, their their list of games is a lot smaller than I, a lot of other publishers. I feel like publishers. that's the mark of a good publisher that's thinking, exactly. You know, uh, so their games are all the Elder Scrolls games, all of the Fallout games after Fallout Tactics. That's when it switched hands. Also, Dishonored, which is one of my favorite yeah, game series a, now. That's a very good game. You've got your Doom and your Wolfenstein, and they're working on a game called The Evil Within, which I don't know too much about. Another really good sign is they were working on a game called Prey 2, the sequel to Prey, obviously, but they didn't feel like the quality was there, so they just they got rid of their release date and they put it on the back burner. That's a classic. Uh, that's a Blizzard move. Yep. And so... And I, 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 I hold Blizzard in the highest regard, so I feel like when a company's like, hey, this game's just crap, mm-hmm. we're not going to come out with it, it's saying, we don't want to put out, we don't want to tarnish our name by releasing a game that's less than what exactly. we think is, you know, so, mm-hmm. a la Ghosts. They are incredible in my book. Yeah. All right, my number three is Sony. I really, there's not much more I can add to, uh, to what Mark already said about him. I mean, it's freaking Sony. Yeah, you know they they really. I don't I like I don't even have Microsoft on my list. You guys do, mm-hmm. but I feel like Sony. Uh, I'm trying to say this without sounding like a total fanboy. I really think Sony cares about their players more than Microsoft does. Like, I mean, point blank, I do. I feel like the things that they do for their system, and I mean, just watching the Xbox One and the PS4, the battle between the two. It's literally been, if you look at it from the open gate, Sony was miles ahead because they were doing things that were catering to their fans. While Xbox was like, we're going to put a bunch of new stuff in here that our gamers, who are our core fans, don't even really necessarily care about. Can I, I, think po- that, can I posture a reason why I think that is, why Microsoft and I think Sony it might have, be the same reason I have. Go ahead. If you look at the company's makeup as a whole... Sony is an entertainment company. Yes. So they even sold off their computer yeah, uh, department. Sony from the sure. get-go has always been about the entertaining the person, right? Mm-hmm. Microsoft is a software company. So their primary goal is to create really good software and they're not necessarily as savvy at presenting entertainment as well as Sony. Is that what you were going to say, Mark? Exactly. It's just the companies yeah. as a whole. So I feel like that's where you, and so you might be absolutely right. I just think I think Microsoft cares about the um, the consumer. I'm not saying they don't, well, but I think that Sony's over the Sony's a company that's basically built from the beginning to know how to do that to cater to entertainment crowds. I see. Microsoft's still learning that side of it. Of mm-hmm. oh, they just went Definitely. through a big bout of of missteps in that in that regards recently. Mm-hmm. That's something that Sony's probably gone through back in 94 95 you know what i mean where they were starting up uh sure. so i mean I, I so that's why i'm saying i agree with you but i think there's a a reason for that it's the overall company makeup i that makes perfect sense absolutely high five for thinking alike high five <laughs> no I, I i completely I, that makes perfect sense yeah. that validates it absolutely but at the same time doesn't make any any less true absolutely yeah, yeah. i mean it's it's sony has done exactly what i would like to see out of a publisher absolutely you know they give me games that that cater to gamers they give me features that cater to gamers and i am a gamer yep so i am entertained by a company that is putting out exactly things that want to be entertaining right so that's my number three sony you guys have the same number three yeah hey it's actually microsoft segway yep (laughs) um this will segue perfectly into into uh what i was going to say is look microsoft 
is on my list because they are making an effort. Like yes. it's not that it's not that they aren't trying. Um, I think that, like I said, the issue that they are having is they are a software company first, branching out into the entertainment industry and battling against a company who is literally an entertainment company. That's what they do. So what they're finding is is that Microsoft's like, we're going to come out with Windows. You're going to use it. We're going to put, you know, here's here's what it is, or here's this sweet, you know, decompression software that not a lot of people. But with entertainment, you got to be real careful about just shoving stuff down people's throats. Yep. A lot of the Connect backlash, <laughs> where they were like, you know, but a sign of a company that's listening to their consumers is you're absolutely. I think it's also important to point out that Microsoft is more of an enterprise company yes. than a consumer company. 100%. Which is another step of where the problem comes yes. in. Yes, they want to make money. So they, they, they deal with large businesses. That's yeah. where most of their money comes from. Mm-hmm. So they're not as savvy at dealing with individual well, customers. And, and the, what, what made Microsoft make my list was, if they would have stuck stu- stayed the course with this whole, you have to buy a Connect with the Xbox One, we're not giving you, you any choice... That's a Microsoft staple. They've been doing that for years with their their software. True. And now they're in the entertainment industry, and they're they kind of got hit with like, oh my god, they, we can't do that. Like that doesn't work in this side of the business. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They were like, you know what? They ate some crow, and they were like, you guys are right. We're going to give you the option. Yes. And we're going to package it separately so that you can choose whether or not you want to buy it or not. So, I they have great IPs. They public Halo is one of my favorite series. Fable, Fable, Years of War. You know what I mean? You don't so, like Fable? Not as much. I like Fable. But, but that said, I know See, it, I knew there was one. But that said, I knew that, I, that there's a lot of love <laughs> for the Fable series, and Microsoft's on my list because they are learning, they are getting better, and I think that their focus on the consumer is starting to shift a little bit. To okay, now we've got to actually act like an entertainment company. Uh, well, I was sad to hear that they did can their. Um, their TV studio because I thought that was a pretty good cool idea to add some uh, flavor to like the Halo universe or the Gears of War universe, but they're trying to really really focus in on on game per, uh, publishing and yeah. But they're some... still going to be coming out with the stuff that was made. Yes, so, uh, I think the Halo uh, that's a good sign too. Right, the Halo Five um, prequel uh, series is still coming out and all that stuff, so that's good. And, and Microsoft, I mean, guys, they they're 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 making steps. I like it. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Yeah. They, another few other IPs. Asheron's Call. Oh. Huh? Silence. <laughs> yeah. Asheron's Call, Lost Odyssey, Shadow Complex, Alan Wake, even the first Mass Effect. You might have forgotten, but they published yes, the they first did. Mass Effect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, and Jade Empire. Jade Empire, yep. They're, I mean, they're not bad by any means. They're just, they're learning. They're learning. It, we're we're it, seeing growing pain. Exactly. And on the flip side of the kind of jerk move they pulled with with Tomb Raider on the flip side of that Sunset Overdrive yes is coming out on the Xbox 1 because they said to what's the studio that makes it we need if we if it's we not have Sucker here. Punch cuz that's the one who does uh Insomniac. Oh, Insomniac. Insomniac's publishing uh, that? They said to Insomniac, "We will give you we will have a publishing deal with you where we don't retain the rights to your IP." You can keep the rights, whereas Sony was saying, if you make it on our console, we'll publish it, but we have to own the IP. Right. That's a good, that's a good yeah. sign, because Microsoft did that with Halo. Exactly. So, And hey, 
Microsoft let Bungie go. Yeah, they did. Who does that? Yeah. Their biggest moneymaker, yep. making them millions and millions of dollars selling consoles, and they said, we're going to release you. And it's not... It's not That's crazy. And you can't blame Microsoft for the uh, acquisition of uh, Tomb Raider uh, exclusivity. It's not... They're making a business move. Yep. It's not to hurt the consumers. It's to help them. You sh- the game is still available uh, to play. You just have to play it on their on their system. So I, I can't really. Well, like, no, it's not to hurt the consumers, but it does. It, but that's right. <laughs> but but they're that's not that's not. They're not going to be like, well, we're going to make less money so that right. So you know, I mean, they're they're gonna, they're they're up. Sony's the same way. They're they're a business. If Sony didn't make money on something, they wouldn't do it. That Sony just does it better. They just are better at entertainment ips than than microsoft mm-hmm. so i don't want to defend microsoft for no 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 what looks like a, a jerk move it's a jerk consumer, move but, but i do feel like they don't ever get any credit when no. they do something right that's kind of well they don't do anything altruistic you but. can't blame a business yeah <laughs> nobody you can't blame a business a bi- doesn't do anything altruistic. you can't make blame a business for making a business move you can just bl- blame the steps they take for that absolutely you yeah. know so microsoft number three you did you're doing well keep up the work keep thinking about the consumer keep on keeping on keep on keeping on absolutely i you know what i honestly they would probably be my number six just because of exactly what you said that they are making incredible strides as of late so good good stuff my number two working designs not a company that's around anymore they did uh they they brought over the lunar games a lot of a lot of jrpgs and a lot of anime focused looking games that you can you can find by them what really hits me though is when they brought them out over here. I mean, the localization's really good. The uh, the the voice acting that they get is really well done. Everything's very very professional, um, in my opinion at least. And like, shoot, I've got so many like collectors boxes. Packaging is amazing that they that they give with all their stuff. And I, I would assume this probably has maybe something to do with why they went out of business because they were throwing so much money into <laughs> yeah. you know the marketing aspect and everything like that. And it's unfortunate because they really did a great job with with the things and they, they always put like a, a making of CD in there as well that you could watch. And, and it was just really cool to see how much they actually cared about the products that they were releasing to the public and putting out there. Arc the lad too, correct? I do believe so. Yes. So it, it's, uh, yeah, the working designs. I will, I will always like them. They're not obviously, like I said, not around anymore, but they, they've just left a positive mark. My, my brother Kyle's a really big fan of working designs games. Yep. That's right. Yeah. We went out and he was, uh, Looking at that one. one, he almost he, got that he, one. He says to me, anytime he sees working designs as the uh, publisher, it's uh, almost must buy. Almost must buy. Yeah, almost must buy. <laughs> he said he's working on a collection, right? Yeah. Of uh, working designs. Cool. Yeah. That'll be a lot of shelf space, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> the boxes are huge. <laughs> yeah, no joke. But they got some cool stuff in yeah. there. So working designs, my number two. Mark. Excellent. My number two is Take-Two Interactive. Nice choice. Why did I put this on my list instead of Activision or EA or why? Ubisoft? Mark, why? I'll tell you why. Look at their tentpole games. EA's tentpole games, you know, you've got your Madden. Mass Effect, but then the other tentpoles are like Madden and Battlefield. Yep. Same thing with Activision. You've got some games, <laughs> and then you've got uh, Call of Duty. Really? You've got your... World of you Warcraft. World of now, Warcraft. We, I can't count World of Warcraft because they they came into that game. I'm talking about games that Activision yeah, actually. World of Warcraft was all Blizzard. Yeah, fair enough. But but they're, they're I mean, but with Take Two, they're actually very much like Activision because absolutely. they have Rockstar, which is like almost half of their whole company. Yeah. Same with uh, Blizzard. Yep. 
their tent poles are Grand Theft Auto, Bioshock, and Borderlands. Uh, Rogue's Gallery of Awesome. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Other games I'm a huge fan of that they make are or publish, publish, publish and make and right. publish are XCOM, mm-hmm. Max Payne, yep. L.A. Noir, Civilization, and Red Dead Redemption. Incredible. That's that's very good publishing. Yep. They they pick <laughs> that's the right, a very good publishing. They pick the right to publishing. <laughs> I, to me, they're the the big publisher that I don't hate. That's saying something, because once you get that big, it's really hard to stay in gamers' right. good graces. Right. All right. Brian, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Sony. Um, we kind of went over all the reasons. Uh, JJ nailed it on the head. Sony knows how to talk to consumers of entertainment better than most companies because they've been around for a very long time. They've honed their craft. Uh, they know the importance of gathering a lot of studios to produce very very insanely high quality first party games um we're talking the god of war series we're talking last of us uncharted all these games are critically acclaimed just beast mode uh ips beast mode ips, beast mode IPs. <laughs> so i won't i won't drag on too long because we've already discussed uh, microsoft and sony but uh sony will always be up there i think they're always going to kind of they've made missteps obviously companies always do but yep Sony's been around a lot longer than, you know, maybe other than like Nintendo, but they've been a entertainment company as long. So So here here's here's my question. Like, okay, so this is just kind of it's just yeah. blew into my head. Go ahead. So you've got Sony who's who's been around for a while yeah. doing their thing and they you, like you said they know what they're doing. They've been around the block. They've made their mistakes. Now they're at the point where they're doing things that are great and all that stuff. So they're in their heyday. Yep. Microsoft is at that point where they're starting out. They're, they're trying making their to mistakes. making their mistakes and everything like that. Now, initially, my first thought was, well, that you know makes me really excited for Microsoft future. Yeah. You know, that I'm stoked once they you know get get all the the crap behind them, mm-hmm. and they just have you know a wide open field in front of them. They're rushing through it. Nintendo's been around longer than both of them. What's going to happen? Nintendo is. In that phase where, and like Mark said, they think that innovation is coming out with gimmicks. And they stop it. Like, it's not innovation just to come out with, like, a sweet gimmick. You know what I mean? Like, innovation is something that's, like, revolutionary that <laughs> everybody wants to own. Not not everybody wanted motion controls. Not everybody wants a two-screen touchscreen. It's like, you got to think way farther outside the box to innovate. However, the Wii sold more than any of the other two consoles. To date... Uh, or at launch, I think to date, but that's because not it's the sold Wii U, a not crazy the Wii U, amount, but the yeah. Wii, the Wii, the regular Wii, right? And that was motion controls. That was innovative when they right. first came out with it. But the, I think a lot of that was had, like a fever dream, though. I think People a lot were of that like, had, "Oh my god, this yeah. is innovative!" Oh yeah, and then they just played then, Wii bowling, and that was exactly. exactly. No, I agree. And it was a very as a much cheaper um, alternative to buying the Xbox 360 or the PS uh, PS3. So you think all the families mm-hmm. that with kids are like, "Well, let's just get a Wii. It's two hundred bucks." Yeah. So. But you're and the right. Kids said no. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, you're right though. It's it's kind of funny that Nintendo. But Nintendo's always been a video game company, mm-hmm. uh, as where Sony is a conglomerate entertainment company. So they're in movies, they're in uh, hardware, they're in all. They have their little fingers in all kinds of aspects of the entertainment industry, so they can yeah. learn from all that. Nintendo's a focused video game company. That's what they do. 
either way, it's it's exciting to think about what the future will hold for all of them. I agree. I so. hope Microsoft does not go the way of Sega. However, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I think they've got a huge fan base, and I, I think, like you said, they're making strides to go in the right direction. I I think they're they've got a good future. Yep. So I hope so. Come on, Halo. All right, number ones. My number one. Might be a surprise. I, I'm actually surprised by this. Ubisoft. I want to know why. I'm honestly like they are not really. I mean, I like their games. They're cool, but they're not, you know, my favorites in the world. I like Far Cry series, I like Assassin's Creed, that kind of stuff. But uh, honestly, it's the way that they have presented themselves at every conference I've seen um, on Twitter. What? Is it because they're French? They're, uh, yes. Okay. That's it. Well, you just took my answer, so I'm done. <laughs> Got it. All Got right. it. Mark, what's your number? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, they, they literally, like, just by watching them and the way that they react to everything and the way that they treat everything, it seems like they genuinely care about the products and about the gamers. Perfect example on Twitch. They have several channels that they sponsor and that they, they run on there. I almost never see a Ubisoft game being played on those channels because they just want people to play games. You know, yeah, they want you to come and watch their channel because it's their channel. Right. But I mean, but they're not making the gamers play their. I'm games. sitting here watching a Ubisoft channel, and and the person's playing Final Fantasy X. Right. You know, it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't. But you know, it's the, and their 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 whole uh, thing is well, you know, they're playing a video game. That's what we do. We do video games, and yep. if you're having fun, who cares what you're doing? You yep. know, that kind of attitude is what I think represents the mark of a fantastic publisher, because I know that they're going to take care of those titles that I care about. Right. So, and that's what it comes down to. Yep. Good pick. Not good enough for you guys' lists. Yeah. I mean, All right. they're... Uh-oh. My number one... Honestly, your this one was on my list, and then I booted it when I thought of Blizzard. Solid. But <laughs> I'm going to... Brian told me why he didn't have it on his list before we started recording. I'm going to convince him otherwise. Okay, go. What did we say... A publisher was? What did I say a publisher was? A company that someone, advertises someone and who, also markets. Someone who advertises and distributes the game. Correct. And while Valve might not be legally on paper a publisher for any games other than their own, Steam, Steam has made hundreds, probably thousands of indie games possible that would have never happened in the past. Absolutely. They put them on the front page. They do deals. They advertise them. And they distribute them to the customer. On top of that, they publish their own games, which I can't think of a single one that I didn't like, other than Dota, because I just am not Ricochet. That tough. Ricochet was <laughs> all right. It was all right. Oh, okay. All right. all right, there it is. Ricochet wasn't good, but every other game. Opera. I'm throwing out some old school titles here. That's right. I used to play Counter Strike. All right, all right, but you get my point. <laughs> He's like waving me off. He's like, I forget that. They've published yes, some absolutely. amazing first-party games, and they've distributed... They've made the indie gaming scene viable again. Definitely. That, I mean, that was... When I, when, I, when I had them on my list initially, they were my number five. And I was trying to think of reasons. And, I mean, number one thing that came to my mind, like I said, Steam. Like, yep. yep. Now, there's a platform for so much that they have done for the gaming community. Exactly. Mark, I'll say you haven't convinced me, but you make a very good point. Uh, and I think Gabe Newell's Gabe Newell is what Nintendo wants to be. Gabe, he's innovating or trying to, and he's actually in the right direction. Correct. However, just I feel like their focus on uh, esports right now 
And it's just because I'm not I a... think that uh, your disappointment with Valve the developer is influencing your decision. No, because they're promoting the they're publisher. promoting esports, Dota, all that stuff, and it's just not something that I'm into. So, and it's not they're still a great company, but at the same time, we have Project Greenlight. That's which what, is bringing you're right. No, you, like I said, games. you're right. You made a good point that they do allow a lot of indie games. Uh, they kind of led the way, and now Sony's following suit, where it's like, come publish on our on our awesome you know system and get your game out there. And uh, but. I don't know if you've been reading, Steam is having a lot of problem, problems right now with... Uh, Distributed denial of service attacks? No, yes. Correct. DDS? Yeah. They're getting a lot... They, I think they're past that, but they were uh, fighting that off for a while. Um, that's not really their fault, though. It's more that's, just... You can't, you can't really blame Sony for getting hacked. You can't really blame... I can blame Sony for storing passwords unhashed. Sure. But you can't blame them for being hacked. True. Anyway... You didn't convince me, but they moved from... But he defended his point. Yeah, he did, and, it, and I, I, I concede. So wait, I accept your apology. We had two people who thought that Valve belonged on the list uh-huh. in some fashion. Valve's like number now six. Now we have one more. Two plus one. <gasps> Half-Life 3 confirmed. Done. We did it. We did it, guys. We did we it. Heard it's it here coming out. Ago, guys. All right. Man. Yes. All right. Brian, what's your number one? Activision Blizzard. Only because well, of we'd Blizzard. like to thank you for joining it. <laughs> <laughs> Only because of Blizzard. Uh, I've spoken on Blizzard before, so I'll keep this short. They are a company who says, there are the publishers who say, you your release date is this date, and you do not move it. And, and the company and the developer come to the company and say, but we're not done. And the developer says, or the, the publisher says, I don't give a crap. You're releasing your game. And then there are companies like Blizzard who are also a developer and publisher that say, hey guys, I know we said November this date was the release date, but we're going to push that back to next year because it's not ready. And then they get a lot of backlash, but they're like, we don't want to bring you out a product that's not finished. And people get really mad at first, but when that game comes out, they're like, gosh, Blizzard production values are off the charts. It's because Blizzard is not greedy, and they're going to lose a little bit of money on the front end to make a ton of money on the back end by waiting to publish a game when it's completed. And they're proud of their products. I know, and they'll like tell you straight up, we're not going to release it until it's done, so stop asking. Yep. You know? that's. I mean, that's the mark of a, of a great publisher is when they... I mean, obviously, they're doing it to make money, yeah. but when they genuinely believe in what they're doing, oh, yeah. which Blizzard 100% does. Yes. Very passionate. And that's why, that's why... I mean, the more I think about it, honestly, the more I, I think I should put them higher up on my list because they really, really do care. And I remember when they merged with Activision, that was a big concern that Activision was going to make them release games, and they told Activision, nope. We will not touch a game to the to the public until it is done. So don't ask. It'll be released when it's done. I love that. I love that saying. We'll, we'll release it when it's finished. Good to go. Yep. All right. So there's our top five video game publishers. Anybody got anything else? My list was the best. Okay. My list was the best. Nope. I. You know what? Both of you guys' list was better than mine. Oh, you're, no, you're seeing how you feel bad. No, don't your you? list was the best. No, your list was the best. <laughs> oh, yes. See that? That's called psychology. psychology. Boom. All right, with that, this is the Frozen North signing off for episode number 42. My name is JJ. My name is Mark. Aloha, y'all! Aloha, y'all. Means hi and bye. Uh, konnichiwa. My name is Brian. Indeed. Thank you again, and as always, keep on gaming. Thank you.
Our theme song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare. The song played at the conclusion of Raul's segment is YouTube user Dan Demand Productions' remix of Final Fantasy VI's The Decisive Battle. (laughs) 